Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. And boy, John, have we been busy, man. Oh my goodness, so busy, so many things. We, well, we've got our YouTube channel, which do. is up and running. We have a Patreon page. So if you like what we do, you know, we've got some benefits for you if, if you want to contribute. Uh, we're working on merchandise right now. We've got interviews lined up all the way out into the new year. It's like we're doing this thing professionally or something. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's like that, John, but it's not that. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, the uh, illustrious world of podcasting. Yes. Uh, episode 26, that basically makes us six, six months old, kind of. Six months worth of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, uh, we started in March, I think. So. Yeah. Way back in the halls of UCC, that seems like that seems like a, ages ago. Doesn't it just? Yeah, yeah. Your beard is looking thicker than ever. Uh, mm. I feel like I need to go chop some wood with this beard. Put on absolutely sharpen it. So axe, speaking maybe. of speaking of chopping axes, guitars, it all comes back to the guitars. It's mm. time for your lick of the week. So indubitably, I think this is one you'll recognize. Yeah, your your ones always keep me interested, man. I'm 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 excited. So let's let's let's, let's go for it. Da, 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 da. Opening the lick of the week. Gonna narrate everything. Baby, toot toot. Okay. So. Uh. Uh. Okay, I I think those alternate picking runs sound very familiar. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that it is. Is it Paul Gilbert? It's Paul Gilbert. Woo! Okay, yeah, good. And I'm gonna guess it's not. Oh, uh, it's it's not technical difficulties. Is it technical it is difficulties? Technical is it? There we go. Uh, Classic. Have you yeah. seen his uh, Extreme Guitar DVD that came out? Is I suppose it's VHS now, but it came out like 1988. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually With the long hair. A a friend of mine. He was a guitar teacher for a while. Who was real into that stuff, and he, he even had a compilation disc or a compilation VHS from whatever, whatever, which whatever when that was on Starlix or REH or something. I can't even remember. But yeah, and, and he, he loaned that one to me for a while. And basically, I was too terrible of a guitar player to get anything out of it <laughs> at the time. But yeah, yeah, I've since watched it on YouTube, I think, as well. Oh, it's so good. I, my favorite thing, apart from the playing, is just of those old guitar instructional videos, is the, the hair the and the production value. <laughs> Production values is just is just it's just so like, hi, I'm Danny Gatton, and this is a guitar star wipe. <laughs> it's just it's it's yeah. all it is. But everyone had one like every going back like Eric Johnson, and they're all on YouTube. It's amazing. Ingve Malmsteen was ridiculous because he would do his thing right, but it would just be well, and this is a slowed down. <laughs> And you're like, that's not slowed down. That's still ridiculously fast. And he's like, yes, but I have all these gold chains flapping everywhere. So it's hard to see my fingers doing anything. 
So that's it. You're distracted yeah. by my leather pants, aren't you? <laughs> um, but with a Swedish no. accent. So, yeah. John, it was your look at the week this week. The great Paul Gilbert was. He's got a new thing coming out soon, actually. I believe. Yeah. Um, he he gets a lot out there. Yeah, he's he stays quite busy. He lives in Japan these days and. Um, does a he's a session player there does all sorts of things he just sort of did the marty friedman thing you know moved to japan yeah he's a superstar over there learned japanese and i suppose yeah he would be that's the place kind of place that's going to keep him busy with weird shit yeah well they love it they love him i wonder if maybe i should move to japan i'm tall and white though i don't play guitar as well as he does so you know no with that attitude (laughs) <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about, John. Have you not forgotten? Uh, so, it was your lick of the week, so that means that it is my time to do our version of theme song. We don't have a theme song. Uh, how Blank Plays Guitar. Who's Blank? My Blank this week, John, thank you for blanking asking, is <laughs> uh, the late, great uh, Dimebag Daryl. Now, I've spoken about Dimebag Daryl a lot on this show. Uh, love him. One of my favorite things about him was that uh, never used, never did any rhythm tracks. It was always just solos, bass, and drums. That's what I really liked about his stuff. Uh, also, the riffs and that live album is just insane. Yeah, massive riffs, and it's interesting because when you go back and listen to the stuff, I, I went on a Pantera binge uh, a couple months ago, and you you hear you hear that space where there's it's, not that rhythm guitar, you know what I mean? So refreshing. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. But the, the big heavy riffs do fill a lot of that space. It's 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 just great. It's also that that it's just the combination of the double kick and the you know like him and Vinnie Paul grew up in a recording studio. Right. You know, their dad was and that's how they got so good because they were constantly jamming all the time. Uh, and recording. It's just it's just such a such a great energy up to, to it all. So how does Dimebag use pedals? I don't know, John. How does he use pedals? I'm, I'll get there, John. Stop rushing me. Um, so Dimebag been... is... I, my last uh, candidate for this particular segment was Kurt Cobain. And I chose him because he only used a few pedals, but he used them really well. And I think that Dimebag is one of those cats as well. Right. Um, unlike, say, you know, your John Frusciante's or your whatever's, uh, just massive pedal boards. <laughs> the edge, yes, uh, absolutely. It's 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 a yeah. You know, less is more with with right. Dimebag. So, going to start with when I think of Dimebag solos, I think of the Wah. Now, we've right. discussed the Wah a lot, but the Wah is a big part of Dimebag sound. Uh, he uses it a lot in his just in his riffs as well, but as well as solos. If you listen to like walk and a few other things it's just it's it's there i don't know if it's on walk hmm, i might have to go back to that yeah. but it's just that whole kind of drenched and wah sound uh it was a big thing so he was a big kind of crybaby guy i tried a crybaby the other day man and i i fucking loved it great. really really now what do you yeah currently have for a while i, I don't have <laughs> right oh. now i don't i know i know i know i'm, I'm that guy who preaches about the wah and then doesn't, doesn't really doesn't really use it Okay. Uh, but I was doing uh, I was doing a, re- a recording on a song that I'm hoping to put out soon, and I wanted to get. Now you're going to hate me for saying this, but I was talking to my producer engineer guy, and I said I want. Do you ever listen to the end of Green Day's Boulevard of Broken Dreams, where it's just a wah, and he's just going down the sweep, 
doing the octaves. It's great. It's a really effective thing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to steal that. So I borrowed his wah pedal and I did it. And it was great. So uh, Dimebag had his own crybaby from hell, which was uh, a a, a big big part of his sound. Also used by John Frusciante on the later Chili Pepper albums. I'm kind of going through a Frusciante phase. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wah pedals out there. There's even a video of Dimebag demoing his crybaby from hell. And it's a big part of it. So, yeah, uh, he used an original Vox beforehand, but, you know, John Lop were basically his go-to. He didn't use a lot of pedals. His overdrive was a Zach Wilde overdrive pedal. You know, it was the uh, ZW44MXR uh, overdrive. Do you think he was kind of an MX? Yeah, the black and white kind of target shape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's funny, like Zach Wilde is kind of like Dimebag in that there are so many pieces of signature gear out there. It's kind of, kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, Dimebag, if you look at just like Dimebag guitars themselves, they're, like, you know, he's got so many signature models out there and they're all hideous. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the Dean sort of X. Dimo Flame. Yeah. Dimo Flame. Um, so yeah, those would be the two kind of big elements of his sound. But he also used uh, an MXR six-band EQ, which he said was a massive part of his sound, of getting his sound just right. Um, right. We haven't really talked about EQ pedals on this show, have we? Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, but he also used a fair bit, uh, but more sparingly, of like electroharmonics pedals had kind of a an, an arsenal there as well. Yeah, he had a little big muff. Yep. If you go back to our, our show last week, we did a whole expose on uh, for harmonics pedals, and you know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm converted. He um, had one of the uh, uh, electric mistress, and then he also used a Boss CE one, correct? Yeah, he did on songs like This Love. There's just chorus there. It's just it 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 does sound a little bit dated, but it's you know it's effective for the Pantera stuff. So I have a question for you. What what I what I think of then is when when I see so he has a flanger, he's got a chorus, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a phaser as well. He had the the um so can you see where I'm going with this? Like <laughs> that's I I I I how much how much did I, I think Allen influence that sound as well? Do you think Oh hugely man. If you look at those like there's a hilarious video of Pantera shooting um basically when in their glam phase. Oh, and, that's right. oh man, you've got to see it. <laughs> forgot about that. Um, Vinnie Paul. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's definitely worth a watch. We should, we'll definitely have to post that on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot me the link. We'll put it in the show notes. Hugely. And uh, one of the last things that he used, and I think he used it quite well. There's a few people on forums, you know, kind of bitching about how his use of it, but he was a big fan of the Digitech whammy pedal. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was uh, just, just, just a big guy about it. Uh, just, you go on loads of like kind of sites and there's like, oh, just he didn't use it right. But there's, especially on the later albums, there, did you ever hear Becoming? No, I, 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 at least that's not one I'm familiar with. Oh man, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's off, is it off uh, Great Southern Trendkill or, oh, it's off one of the last one. No. No, it's on Far Beyond Driven. And he just, it's, it's crazy. It's Vinnie Paul playing the most amazingly complex double bass. Just, it, but it's a groove. 
And it's just the bass over that and Dimebag just squealing over it. Wow. Heart's content. It's so cool. It's just, it's basically like a couple of notes, but you know, so is Walk. His big riffs were just a couple of notes just used really well. Right. Just, just that whole locking in with the drums and the metronome, which is, I know it's a, it's a recurring topic, the whole locking into the beat and not, you know, resting. Man, the beat. it's like it keeps coming up. It does. It's a sign. I gotta, I gotta, gotta you know, get a better, you know, drum method way of playing. Uh, one of our interviewees who we interviewed earlier today, Jim West, was a big fan of playing along with drum tracks as a way of practicing. He, he's not a metronome fan, which that's uh, debatable. Yeah, but it's, uh, but, it's a yeah, recurring topic. He had some interesting points about that. So stay tuned, dear listeners. Guitarist for Weird Al and slag guitarist extraordinaire is Jim West. And Yeah, I learned a lot in that interview, man. Yeah, so uh, you will too, dear listener. <clears throat> yeah, so I think that the the whammy, you got the wah, you got the, the overdrive, everything else he used kind of sparingly, but those were really his go-tos, and he just used them so well. But I think a lot of it came from, as well, his amp sound. He was a big Randall fan, right. and those really spiky guitars as well. So, you know, you got to sweep the mids and, you know, boost everything else and get that real kind of dime bag tone. Yeah, we we should uh, we should have a discussion on dialing in a good tone someday, and it's oh, not man. all about scooping the mids and boosting the bass. But what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is that is our our dime bag episode on how dime bag Daryl uses pedals, and I'm going to listen to a hell of a lot of Pantera after this. Yeah, that's, that's really informative. So now, yeah, I want to go go hunting for some of those things like the chorus in there myself. At any you rate, would, John. You chorus lover. It's true. You know it. You know it. I have embraced it. I just need, I need a better chorus pedal. So Earthquaker Devices, if you're listening, um, I would love a C machine if you can send me one. So there you have it. There you go. You got you to gotta, you gotta put, put the plug out into the universe. And yeah, see what exactly. Hope, hope that it lands somewhere. I still don't have my mattress from Casper, but, you know, we're only six months into this. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, thanks to all the new listeners as well. We've gotten uh, a good few over the last few. It was so cool to get Bumblefoot as a, like, Bumblefoot has liked your status. Um, it was a, it likes our page on Twitter. It was a real kind of like, you know, boost to the old self-esteem. Yeah, so stay tuned for his interview. That'll be coming up soon as well. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's onwards and upwards, really. So, speaking of, one of our, uh, our, our most squealish interviews we've done in a long time uh, was And So I Watch You From Afar. Love these guys. Yeah, they were so nice. And there was a few mix-ups with times and stuff like that. But when we actually got to sat down with them, they were just so happy to be there. And we had so many questions. And yeah, the new album came out today. So I think this yeah. is a good day to, to release this interview out into the wild. Yeah, exactly. And they're out on tour at the moment too. Make sure you go see them. They will have been on tour, as they say in the interview, for three days before the release of the album. So if you are listening to us now, buy the album, go to the tour, etc. Assuming you have yeah. the dates near you. You shan't regret it. Cool. Very good. So, so without further ado, and so I watch you from a gosh darn far. Oh, that's right now. Uh, John is in Colorado and I'm in Galway. 
Fucking hell! Well, brilliant. Yeah. 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 How's, uh, are you? Are you? When? When does your tour start? On the seventeenth of October. So we're just doing like a bit of an inventory check at the minute, and um, then we head off on the fifteenth, and we get like a. Yeah, we get the ferry across to Scotland and then the Hook of Holland ferry across to Amsterdam and start the tour there. God, so exciting. And uh, the album's out on October 20th. Yes. Cool. Yeah. We're the only band that goes out three days before the album comes out. It's <laughs> <laughs> on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, so. you guys recorded it in uh, Rhode Island. Yes, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, at a place called Machines with Magnets. Uh, with a really, really cool producer called Seth. What Manchester? What was the decision to uh, to go out there? Um, <laughs> we just. Well, I remember at the time we when we were thinking about who to go with, we just decided to listen to lots of albums that we loved the sound of and mm. just find out who produced them because it's kind of it's a really it's actually really hard to find a producer because well that's really the only way you can do it is to you know think of what albums you love the sound of and then find out who did it and then see where they're at and whatever and I just remember us being in the van one day and listening to um, a Battles record I think it was the new Battles record Class. and it was just like the drum sound is always amazing on every Battles record and we talked really about how, yeah. you know that was the thing we wanted so much on this new album was to have like an amazing sort of drum sound that was very like live and you know present and stuff and so we found out that it was these guys machines magnets that recorded all of battles albums oh cool um so we just got in touch with them and sent them an email and they were super lovely and responded really quickly and were really <clears throat> psyched off the demos that we sent them and it just worked out really nicely. Very that cool. sounds great. The, the single sounds brilliant, like really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, have you been happy with the reception for it? Yeah, really happy. Because um, it, it's been such a, a long break between, well, for, for us, it's been the longest sort of break between music um, that we've had for, well, since we started. Um, even though, I mean, it's not um, by most band standards, I'm sure, like, you know, people wait. A, a, a lot longer but yeah it was like you know a couple of years between albums or a bit more and uh yeah i think uh the the experience of writing the record was like very um like very kind of like kind of quite is isolated and you know it's quite immersive but it was very much just uh we weren't you know playing demos to people a lot we weren't playing any of the music we weren't really touring we weren't really play you know we kind of decided to to like cease all other activities and just concentrate on writing the music and the uh, it felt like the the album we began to write was a completely different one than we ended up recording um and uh yeah and so you know it's like anything you, you know artistic or creative i guess it's like the your proximity to it like kind of kind of obscures your objectivity to it and absolutely yeah you know eventually it's just uh you know it's like a just a big amalgus mess of you know <laughs> nonsense in front of you and so it's it, it's only really when you it's only when you really like experience it through 
anyone else, you know, then it's kind of like, then you, you know, you realize what, you know, whether you're truly happy with it or whether it's, and uh, yeah, as soon as we put it out with that video and you, you know, it's like, it's like a really, it was a really, I think a really like fulfilling moment, you know, to start mm. to see all the like, you know, really nice comments coming in and, and, um, and to sort of like breathe a collective sigh of relief that it was like, you know, we had made something that we were kind of happy with. And I think you only really tr truly know you're happy with something whenever you get to like, you know, experience it with other people, you know? So yeah, it was good, yeah. It was a good feeling. I um, I saw you guys uh, at the Roisin Dove in April. I think you guys played a show there and yeah, yeah. you did like two or threes, two or three songs from the new album. And it was just great. Sounds really, really good. Totally. That was actually another one of those moments because we hadn't, um, like I said, we hadn't played any of those songs live uh, um, prior to recording the album. And uh, like Roisin for us as well is a kind of, you know, very, um, I mean, it's a home from home, but it's also you will get you will get a very kind of like untinted reaction towards, you know. Yeah, I've seen like, you four times there now. It's yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, to play, even though my guitar broke in the first one yeah. of the songs, it, it was um, yeah, it was great. It was like real, like we were kind of like catching each other's eyes and just being like, these are these are like good songs to play live, and and they they work you know so that's the other thing yeah. as well it's you know you know whenever you you've made a record like kind of introducing them to all those other songs that are so road worn and like uh, you know yeah. sort of proven mm -hmm. and tested and that's it's like introducing like you know a new member of the family it's like meet the guys and you know <laughs> <laughs> new girlfriends and, uh, yeah yeah totally and uh you know that's another thing that you completely don't think about when you're writing but it's like are, are all these gonna like make sense in context with the, your past work and stuff so um yeah that was a well, that was an, a, another cool moment it sounds great um i was just asking about because this is a a guitar podcast um when when you went about writing the riffs for the new album did you have a process or was it just like building off uh, chris or was it you go in there with riffs already done or basically just each went and just tried to record as much material as possible, like demo-wise. Mm. Yeah. I think we, we both just had, God, I don't know how many demos of just, we just went for volume, I think, initially. Just like, let's write everything for ages and spent months and months of kind of like working up these demos. And then we would kind of all meet up and see what everyone was vibing off. And then, you know, slowly over time a sort of thread emerged of mm. like these songs are all starting to sound similar or not similar but kind of of a vein and mm. like an album and we just kind of like whittled it down um, and yeah it was just like <clears throat> you know the, the the album can only be I think it's 44 minutes long because of uh, vinyl production you know if you go any mm. oh, longer than that yeah, right. the vinyl starts to sound like shit mm. we find this we find this out like kind of late in or we were <laughs> I think we knew but we like forgot we, we kind of knew from the last time we forgot about it all, all together um and then it was like shit we so we had to like it became you know that 
we could only put stuff on the album that was absolutely like killer and like there was so there's no there's nothing on the record that we're not like absolutely buzzed about and like that's really exciting so yeah it's it's all killer I'm curious too. How does how does kind of the the writing process or the interplay work for you guys uh, between the two of you? Just because you're known for these iconic uh, riffs, where you guys kind of play back and forth on them. Uh, what's how's how does the interplay between the two of you work? Um, it's great. I mean, I feel like we like each each record that passes and each song that passes. That you know, I feel like we're really on a um you know on a kind of like really unspoken you know i think we like we, we you know we work very fast together and we usually get what the other person's talking about you know um ahead of time um and uh you know usually we both have the same you know like little idea at the same time oh mm. this would be good and it's you know so that that that's great and that you know i don't think there's a lot of time spent are maybe wasted where we're trying to like get each other onto the same page with things, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's like half the battle I feel, you know, <laughs> we, um, building. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think like with this record, you know, the, I think what we did was um, unlike maybe the last couple of records, we, 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 the selection of, the the riffs and the and the the songs that we ended up choosing were kind of like based on um how that interplay felt in the room so as opposed to like how it sounded recorded it was more mm -hmm. like how it felt in a live context oh that's so, interesting yeah so that was like because we had decided early on that we wanted to record the album live we didn't want to like we have had so much fun you know over the past couple of records like you know going pink floyd on it and like you know yeah. you know hauling out the the yeah you know, mellotrons and like you know, <laughs> possible stuff you know i mean and the 12 strings had, yeah yeah of course yeah. but um this one we were like let's let's go somewhere that's really far away from our comfort zone where somewhere that we have we have a return ticket from and there's a there's a there's an end point and yeah. let's um let's play let's let's make an album that is the is the sound of the band playing it like completely live and um and so then that became our yeah the like so yeah back to the original question that that became our kind of like litmus test was were were was those like guitar lines and the riffs you know did they feel good to play live over you know, did they sound cool on a recording? And mm. and so I think that's what we've got. And I think that's why we were able to like play those songs in the Russian the other day and for it to feel, you know, straight away, like sort of a bit of a click with the audience because yeah. I think, you know, an audience can very quickly sense if you're like, you know, oh. shit in your pants and not going to feel what you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Smell fear. Yeah, like, <coughs> smell fear. So, like bears. Yeah, like that's... There's That's definitely great. been, um, you know, on on airs. I remember certainly like a, at least a handful of times where we'd be like recording something, and one of us would be like, "Oh, is that what you're playing there? Oh, I didn't know that." Or, you know, something <laughs> like that. Or it was like, "Are you sure that's right?" Or you know, like 
having to sort of maybe write something on the spot. Whereas this record, it was like, you know, we kind of gone through everything with like a fine tooth comb and there was very little having to work things out when we got yeah. to the studio. Like everything like down to a very, very small, small detail was worked out, you know, down to like drum fills and, you know, every guitar lick and everything. So the, the, the recording process was very quick and like very surgical. Like we kind of just had like just worked very hard in the rehearsal room to get the songs to a point where we just knew we could go in and nail it and we weren't too worried, you know, so yeah, hopefully that will come across in the record. Sounds kind of like a post-rock pet sounds sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. <laughs> um, with regards to like playing, do you guys have like, practice routines or would you just jam or like guitar-wise, if you haven't been touring or playing for so long, how do you kind of keep your, your ability up? It's awful. I can probably speak for both of us yeah. right now. <laughs> you are not the first person to tell us this, honestly. We are. Uh, it's. I mean, you know, a guitar. A guitar. I could, again. This is probably the same for both of us. Just correct me if I'm wrong. But like, guitar is something that I think we've both grown into over the years. It's like I. I don't know. I don't think either of us picked up a guitar because we worshipped you know, mm. the guitar and, mm -hmm. and the, and the, you know, kind of, you know, extreme virtuosity, you know, yeah. although it was more that the most kick-ass songs had, you know, were made with guitars and, you know, so that's, it, 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 like, I've always, I've only ever been as good or as complex as the, like, most good or complex song that i've ever written you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've only ever strived to be better on the guitar because there's like a cool thing that would sound good you know you know what i mean yeah the melody, but then, yeah. yeah but then subsequent subsequently what's happened for me is that then there has been over the past few years then it's like because i've gotten so much out of that it's like i'm slowly going full circle and now i'm kind of like you know becoming a bit of a like Perving on guitars, and, you know, because, Welcome because to our I, world, yeah, yeah this is because you know I'm starting to understand. Like, oh yeah, I had a guitar, and I really loved playing on that because it had like this pickup, and oh yeah, I, I was able to connect the reasons why good guitars were good guitars because I was yeah. like sort of a bit better. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, I, I I feel like we're, I've said it before, but I feel like we're just like, you know, well rehearsed very well rehearsed amateur you know kind of players who just want to like write like cool songs I concur. <laughs> <laughs> thanks <Nana. laughs> um, just about about gear um that you guys we've seen we, we were watching your uh, your rig rundown it was an ultimate guitar i think did a, a rig rundown for you guys That's on right, youtube yeah. have you guys uh, changed any of your effects or anything for this tour any new pedals yeah, there's a few there's a few new things I've definitely, there, there was a, I got my first compressor pedal, become, uh, we, we, we used it in the studio when we were recording and I kind of fell in love with it. So when we came home, it was like an MXR Dynacomp. Dynacomp, yeah. Mm. And we actually, we actually already had a hookup with them, um, with some other stuff. So I was able to get in touch with our guy there and get one sent over and... 
We also, I think I've added uh, the Avalanche Run by Earthquake oh. as well. It's oh. really, really delicious. Yes. Just, John loves Earthquaker well. a lot. Yeah. And I'm using a Digiverb quite a lot. I got about six months to a year ago. I use it quite a lot for reverse C reverby sounds. And, and just obviously the classic orange distortion that we love. Yeah. Signature. I can't think of you getting you. Um I think the main the main difference maybe from that rig rundown. Uh I've got like a nice pedal board now. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Mal got me sorted with a, a pedal train, so that's been nice. Um, I think, yeah, the main maybe the main difference is that I'm no, I'm running. Uh, is it call it in, ser- in series? Okay, so I'm yeah. not. I'm not using my send and return. I'm like oh, okay. c- coming out in one big thing, which has like advantages and disadvantages. But I f- I just find. Because I was starting, because my pedal count was getting quite high, um, <laughs> like the the send and return line was like a little bit quiet, you know, because mm. everything was. And so yeah. the, my like, I can't. I suppose I had to decide on like absolute clarity of distortion, really full sounding, versus you know all the things that I was quite used to, like the like the tails of delays running over and being distorted. So what you have to do is like you just have to be a lot more mindful of like your points at which you're switching your gain on and off, and it has to yeah. like fit fit very mechanically with the because there's nothing crapper sounding than you know you've got like a big wailing you know, distorted re- reverb over a part and then you just like clip it off all of a sudden. Gone <laughs> wrong, you know. So that's about it. We and we're getting all of our M9 and M13s modded, so we've got. Oh, cool. um, we're getting all our, you know, the switches on line six stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Patches. Always the most, uh, um, yeah, sometimes they, well, well, half of mine and my M13 don't work anymore, so we get them all replaced <laughs> with, like, heftier switches and uh, anything else. I, I feel like so. I've got another pedal or two, but I can't think. No, that's great. Thanks. So, yeah. Great. Uh, kind of in conjunction with the pedals, do you have like a desert island pedal? Like, if you could only take one pedal. I was th- funnily enough, I was thinking about that last night, and I was thinking maybe I was imagining um, the disaster transport. Maybe would be, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just this beautiful kind of lo-fi tape delay sound, but there's just a lot of options with it it's got a short delay and a longer delay and then you can kind of bleed one into the other and it's also got a button in the middle that is the you know there's a button on either side to switch those delays on yeah. and off and then it's, there's a button in the middle that is a bypass that just completely kills it so you can choose on the fly if you want to have tails or not it's just mm-hmm. a fucking great pedal. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's got the, yeah. the modulation and 
Yeah, we, yeah the we, modular. Oh my god! Like it's just got some. <laughs> I mean, it's earthquake. It's both right? our main. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's become yeah. both of our main Belizeans, I think. It's like yeah, the, it's says, the pedal uh, that sounds the best with the. You know, it's like you can do the least amount. Of, you have to do the least amount in your guitar. Yeah, yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah. You know, it's you. You can switch on and not touch your guitar, and it will still sound good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Those <laughs> Um, that spinal tap. You come back and it's going. Class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a great pedal. Um, I'm a huge fan of Earthquaker, as as Dylan mentioned, just because partly because of the weird factor, you know, that yeah. they stick in their pedals. There's always something that just kind of catches your ear a little bit. So it's great. Have you have you checked out the new Data Corruptor? No. They just brought out. They just no, brought a new pedal. It's absolutely mind-blowingly crazy, but I really want one. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you put it into a song somewhere. Yeah, I think we could definitely make an album out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a plug for Earthquaker to send you some free stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah they I, I like already have, so you should really just be like thanking them very much for everything <laughs> they've done for us so far. For real. Uh, guys, just one more question before. Uh, thanks so much for, for, for being with us. Um, we were just talking, talking about riffs and we we're wondering, are there any, I suppose, Desert Island pedals, any like riffs in particular that really stand out? Like, I'm really proud of that riff that I wrote that, anything catchy. I love the, um, I remember I was in an internet cafe when I heard the Big Things Do Remarkable riff and I was like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> personal favorite. Uh, but what, what about you guys? Any, any particular ones? Um, there is, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's the bit, the bit I really like, this is on the new album, sorry to uh, talk about this new album, but there is. No, the man, the hype, you gotta build the hype. Yeah, build the hype. Uh, there's a bit, you know, in, uh, Dying Giants, oh, yeah. whenever it goes after the intro, and there's the, like, little, kind of, like, polyrhythmic sure. syncopated yeah. bit between you and I. That was another cool thing where when we were writing it, it just sort of came together very quickly and there just was like a buzz straight away and it was like, this is good, you know, this is yeah. interesting and weird and kind of fun to play. I think all my there's, my favourite riffs are on the, like, yeah. there's, there's like the bit in, um, I really like the riff in, uh, what's it called? Um, you've such long song titles man yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny because we obviously they all had like working titles that were like ridiculous and kind of probably a bit like expert as well in some parts and then we've had to like name the album tracks properly and now we're <laughs> to, like you know remember what they're called but um yeah there's loads of great great riffs on on this uh, I, re I really this like album. the the riff on the new single it's yeah. kind of yeah. like yeah. it's kind of like a bit. It's like I really like it because it's sort of it's a bit of a new grind for us. You know, it's there's something. Yeah, there's something really like about it. But yeah, but I'm big things to remarkable. I really love it. I remember it right now actually on we were doing sound check in Luxembourg. Yeah, and I just got this wee look going, and it was like that's pretty. It's pretty good. There's a bunch of those that have happened where we'll be sound checking and just trying. You know, just making sure the guitar is sounding cool and then you know i'll just be like oh what was that like record record that we're gonna use it later you know like that's happened i don't know loads of times i think that's a big um, thing 
uh, I've heard loads of bands do that. They write a lot of their new material for their next album in their sound check. Yes, <laughs> it really does happen yeah. because you get such little other time. But the other thing yeah. is we've we've gotten really good at um, recording as soon as like as soon as you write something like get your phone out and record it because there's been so yeah. many lost riffs so I've been like well this is so good I'll definitely remember it you know it's right. not <laughs> and then it's just that never totally gone yeah <laughs> never at all oh man that sounds great uh, thanks so much for joining us guys uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that but uh, yeah I suppose everybody can find you out on, on Twitter and everything um, yeah John have you any more questions no, don't think so. Again, thanks guys so much. Uh, album uh, drops the October 20th. So, um, yeah. yeah, that'll be exciting. Every, everything you said about it just has me totally hyped. Do you guys have a North America tour on this one coming up soon? Not yet, but there will be one to come. We promise. Yeah, hope it, I think probably early-ish next year. We'll okay. Be, I'm sure. Cool. If I, uh, if I don't yeah, make it out to Cork for Christmas, then... Uh, I'll have to catch you guys over here. So, awesome. well, <laughs> Phil, come to court. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I'd rather be there. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks again, guys. Yeah, so nice to chat to you guys. Yes, big deal. Yeah, chat to you soon. Yeah. Best luck with the tour. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. All Bye right. Bye. Take care. Thanks. Seamless transition. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And well we're done. back, friends. Friends, associates, colleagues, fans, we're really hope, we really hope blah, we really hope that you enjoyed that interview. They were such nice guys. That's, those singles are absolutely killer. And I need time to digest the album, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing so. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Riff machines. So, John, what you been working on? What have I been working on? I have been working on ear training. Now, this sounds a little bit uh let's say how how would you say this sounds a little bit maybe music school-ish boring <laughs> terrible but let me tell you what i'm doing here essentially i'm just i'm working on finding songs that are simple and are easy to learn by ear so with so much material that's out there on the internet it's really easy to just find a tab for nearly anything you want a tab for mm. it's ubiquitous so I said, hey, I need to work on just training my ear to hear certain things a little bit better. And so I'm just I'm picking out riffs, picking out songs, just a few things that, hey, I can learn this particular thing by ear and maybe slow it down because I'm not that, not that, what, what am I looking for here? I'm not ashamed to admit that sometimes I still have to slow things down because it's too fast or it's harder to hear. That's, That's okay, the, John. The first step is admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. At any rate, happy, happy to be here. Yeah, man. So that's a good way. So that's how you're. You, what's what you're constituting as ear training? Yeah, exactly. So just kind of pick a song or two or whatever for the week and sit down and pick it apart. And then in that, trying to make sure that I understand what's going on. So instead of just oh yeah, it's these frets. You know what I mean? Being able to see here's the chord progression. I can see how he's playing over the chord progression. Here's the what kind of love it music theory goes into the ear training because yeah i'm a nerd when it comes to all of those things that's, that's why you're here john that's why, yeah. we're, why we're both here Woo. at any rate oh that sounds great and you what have i been working on who a host of different things uh I'm trying to find time to do it but that's one of the recurring 
themes of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been working on, I'm playing guitar this Friday for a local singer-songwriter named Adam Murphy, who is one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever met. Any relation? No relation. No, it's <laughs> probably the, the second most common surname in Ireland. So, no, there's a, there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of Murphys around. Uh, we make good stout. So, yeah, he has he sent me um, his latest album, which he's releasing this Friday uh, publicly. I think it's on Bandcamp right now. And it is 28 songs. <laughs> and they're all about four minutes. Whoa. Which is crazy. Uh, and, like, he puts out an album every year. He just, like, it's like, you know, he turns on a tap and songs come out. And I really like his style as well. Really nice and folky, and it's not just three chords. And yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, I I haven't listened to the whole thing just yet because you know I have a life as well. But I am learning yeah. uh, his set list for Friday. Well, wow. so I'm looking forward to that. Good man. Thanks, man. It's that's good with the ear training as well because you know I don't exactly have you know I can't exactly look up chords, so that's you know requiring a lot of. Plus, he writes songs in kind of finicky keys because he's a piano player, so. You know, uh, E flats here, and you know, yeah, you know what I mean. That's what capos are for. We're a second exactly. guitar, tune down a, <laughs> tune down a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not going to do that. Capos all the way. Yeah. Uh, and what else? I also I sat down for a day the other day, and I just I turned on a movie, and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to actually do some modes, and I found a pretty good uh, web page web lesson. I will forward it on to you. Uh, about the easiest way. Now, everybody has the easiest way to learn modes. But I found a good one that basically you take one scale and you're just changing a note with each one you learn. So, oh, and, it tells you, and it tells you how to practice it at the end as well, which is really, really nice. That's like what to do with the information. That's, that's one of my favorite things to, to do with the modes. We should maybe just do an episode on the modes, what they are and why. And, and why you shouldn't be afraid of them. Yeah, exactly. They're not they're not as daunting as they sound and every sort of moderate level guitar player thinks it's really important to talk about them. So, maybe we should talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um we should that would that would require some planning, but it would definitely be worth it. Yeah, I think so. But and what have you yeah. been listening to? What have I been listening to? So, a friend of the show and interview we did an interview recently with Yvette Young and she said, hey, you should check out my friend Gretchen Menz. So Gretchen plays for Zepparella, which is a all-female Led Zeppelin tribute band and they are Love stellar. It. And she just will be doing an interview with her later in the year and she just sent us on a couple of download codes. So I've been checking out her album, Abandon All Hope. Now, this is... Sounds the- delightful. Yeah, exactly. This is for only the super nerdy guitarists out there. So I, I challenge you super nerds to, to even give it a listen. But a fantastic guitar work, amazing guitar player. The whole thing is based on Dante's Inferno, she says. So, which as someone who also minored in classics, and that's Latin and Greek stuff, God, you're a nerd. Yeah, exactly. It, in my undergrad, God, yeah. I was like, oh, this, this sounds interesting. And someone who, uh, oh gosh, it's embarrassing to admit, I read Dante's Inferno for fun. I read I it for college, John. I didn't like it. I don't go to Renfests. So I'm just going to point that out. I'm a nerd. I'm Good. not that big of a nerd. 
But it's anyway, okay. great guitar work, interesting, interesting idea, and some some great stuff to listen to. The track Beast is exactly what you would sort of imagine it to be. Big and beast. A beast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's worth the listen. It's up it's available on Bandcamp and definitely worth checking out if you are a guitar nerd or just a really big, you know, medieval Latin nerd, which are the two <laughs> Gretchen are. Gretchen Men is the name, is it? Yes, Gretchen Men, that's two N it's M E N N. And, and men with an extra N. Well, yeah. John, thanks for asking. Well, I've been listening to. Uh, <laughs> I have been. <laughs> I have been going on a bit of a bit of a. I don't know what happened. Something came on. Oh no! I had to learn a song for a quick fix for a gig the other day, and I had to keep with our '90s aesthetic. So I learned because I play in a '90s two-piece duo, and uh, I had to learn a song for when my singer wants to go for a cigarette. So uh, I learned scar tissue because uh, it's two chords. And I'm surprised most people don't begin learning guitar with it because it's G and E minor, essentially. Oh, really? Uh, and, yeah, and that sent me down a Chili's rabbit hole. And there are some amazing YouTube lessons on how to play like John Frusciante. Like, he's just a god. Uh, just, ah, oh, just the, the Live at Slain DVD is like, one of my most watched videos on YouTube ever. Wow. Oh, amazing. Um, so, yeah going through a bit of a Prashante phase. Uh, also, you know, and so I watch you as well, looking forward to digesting yeah. the new yeah. album. And yeah, a bit of this. I'm checking out Wolf Alice as well today. I'm, I'm digging what they're doing. A very controversial figure in the uh, Guitarist Ireland page. Let's <laughs> not mention that. You yeah, said we weren't no, going to mention it, and I just mentioned it. But yeah, that's, that's some, there's some awesome music being made with, with her as well. She's, she's doing some cool things. Yeah, it's an, it's an exciting, exciting thing. So, yeah, what have we got coming up in the next few weeks? Oh, man, we have all sorts of things. We've got interviews galore. We've got Bumblefoot coming up. We have Neely Brosh coming up. And as you heard, we talked about interviews with Gretchen Men and Jim West down the road as well. And we've got special... Christoph Godin. Getting out. Oh, Christoph Godin, Exactly. We've got specials on getting out of a rut again, because there's always more things to help you get out of a rut. And we'll be discussing strings and all, all sorts of things. So if there's anything we haven't covered in saying those, those topics for you, do give us a shout, tweet at us, email us, I don't know, whatever, Facebook, Messenger us, however you yeah. want to communicate. You could give me a phone call, but I don't, I don't think my number is out anywhere. So no, let's let's keep it that way for now. Yeah, because I'm too famous. That's just you are. Yeah, but so I will. Can't you hear the squealing fans outside your door? Uh, <laughs> John, it's been a pleasure. Never a chore. Uh, uh, I will catch you next week. Indubitably, you too, sir, and all of you, dear listeners. Sharpen that axe. Stay sharp.